the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hi, folks. I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw and Duggan. If you like hearing knock-knock jokes and jokes about your grandmother, go somewhere else! Oh! oh my god, this is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip Podcast. This is Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. Good, how you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man, what's going on? We ready to go or what? This is a uh, special visitor to hardcore legend, Mick Foley. It was a very rough feud to go through with Rick. It was a very bitter feud, too. He certainly didn't like me at that time, and I didn't like him, and we were both trying to be at the top. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that, and every kid I, they knew they could kick the shit out of me. At this point, well, I'll be at a signing, and little kids will come up to me and throw up the click sign or talk about, oh, your ladder match with Sean at WrestleMania 10. I go, wait a minute, you weren't even a glimmer in your dad's eye. But yeah, bro, it's really flattering and, and amazing and humbling. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Jazz, the two men power trip of wrestling. two-man power trip of wrestling and you are listening to the flagship two-man power trip of wrestling interview podcast if you didn't know by now my name is chad and every single week i'm joined here by my tag team partner five years running strong on the two-man power trip of wrestling and every single week we bring you a brand new interview on the tmpt flagship show and this week, we are bringing back a returning guest, a guy who has been uh, heavily featured on the TMPT Empire as of late, a favorite of ours, and I'm sure, again, you know, whether you like him or not, you're going to love him after this interview, welcoming back Vince Russo 
to the two-man power trip of wrestling podcast empire and john you had the opportunity to sit down with uh, Vinny rue and talk about more and anytime uh, we get him on we've had him on the regular interview show before we've had him on with shane we've had him on with francine it seems like every time you get to talk to him something new comes out uh either uh, an elaborating part of a story we've heard before or just more insight into stuff going on in the current day wrestling business and with Vince Russo he's always got something to say and a lot of times it trying to hit rubs people the wrong way but when you really listen to him you take something away from it so this interview today with uh Vinny Rue what do we have to look forward to uh in the broadcast to come yeah good stuff as always with Vince Russo whether you like him or you don't like him he's always got something very very interesting to say and if you look at his resume, it's pretty damn impressive as far as ratings and what he was able to do as a head writer and almost changed the game a bit as far as they used to have bookers. And then when he came to the right now, it's been writers ever since. So, I mean, he made a big change, him and Ed Ferrara, in the wrestling business. But obviously, still cool to have him on. You mentioned he's been on Superman Power Trip before. He's been on the Triple Threat. He's been on Eyes Up Here. He's actually been on Eyes Up Here as a host as well, which is uh, pretty damn cool to be able to get him on there in that capacity as well. But I just love talking to him just about a myriad, a myriad of topics, AEW, what he thinks, what's going on there as far as current landscape of wrestling, WWE, NXT, what's going on with them. Why are the numbers so down? You know, what, what, what is, why are they trending down? What's the issue there? What's the you know, impact of kind of maybe weak creative or weak storylines? And obviously now we see, uh, after we recorded this interview, you'll see that weak creative kind of killed WB a little bit as they lost $300 million in uh, one day as the stock plummeted so i mean what he's saying if you really listen makes so much sense and there's so much credence so many things he's saying about you know what they're doing it's gonna be uh, pretty hurtful it's gonna be pretty impactful you gotta do something you gotta spice it up you can't just do same old same old you gotta build some stars here can't be wb as the star you know what i mean you, you need a hogan you need an austin you need a top guy I, you know, and it, and it could be Reigns, maybe, but the way they book him is terrible. Could be Bray Wyatt, and they're kind of killing him and, and the Fiend character. We go all into that, so it's just so much good stuff kind of mixed in here, and of course, talking about the good old days as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you always think about with some of the guys out there now, a Reigns or a Wyatt or a Daniel Bryan, like what would he write for them if we put them back into uh, that heyday, the Attitude Era, him and Ed Ferrara bouncing ideas off each other and, you know, having Vince McMahon there. (laughs) I'm more, I would say, uh, cognizant of what was uh, going on in the real world. And that's saying something, Vince McMahon. Uh, But the two of them, imagine them writing for some of today's talent. What could they come up with? Uh, would they test the limits with some of these characters? Would they think outside the box? You know, would they get past a certain point that we see them getting to now? A guy like Bray Wyatt reinvented himself multiple times, and now what is he? Is he just a scary guy with a mask on? Is he a psychopath? Is he what? And you need a guy like Vince Russo with those ideas that they could implement to to kind of give us more of a backstory and more of like a a, a look into the mayhem of a guy like a Bray Wyatt. Yes, and. You know, let's look back at Kane Undertaker, one of his masterpieces, great storyline. Obviously, the ratings kind of prove that it was a huge success, and the fans kind of told you that as well. One of the best storylines, of course, of the Attitude Era. 
and just think of where the fiend would be with that same writer writing such interesting stuff and not doing the campy corny stupid stuff he would be more creative with it he would definitely spice it up a little bit maybe even go a little bit not i wouldn't say uh to the extreme with it but he would definitely get a little bit more hitting home as far as scaring you a little bit uh, i know he's mentioned this on many of his shows he would definitely done more with the baby when uh, Miz and maurice were home and and they had the baby there and they would have made it a little bit more scary what you know he's in the house uh, maybe just do a little bit more risque things with him i mean you just tell the the creative right now is just completely lost and probably a bunch of hipsters that are just completely clueless listening to a 75 year old man who may have lost his mind so i mean it's one of those things where you don't really know what is going on in the inner workings of the wb i just know from watching that video of the creative team it's probably not the greatest group of you know writers as far as for for the wrestling genre maybe for another genre but uh, the wrestling genre needs a guy like vince russo come in and shake it up and it's funny all those years ago the wwf you know the 96 97 that they, they needed attitude they needed to change it up they needed something different and fast forward to 2020 maybe we're saying the same thing that little bit of uh, the, the injection that they need, and, and we were talking about it when he was on with Eyes Up Here, it was taking a little bit of that like uh, current element. So it was the Crash TV that was on TV that was getting popular, and maybe what are we going to reflect now that's getting popular? I mean, we passed all these shows that were, you know, your Game of Thrones or your Sons of Anarchy or your Walking Dead to kind of pass their heyday now. You know, what's next? What's going to be cool? And you need somebody who can kind of vibe off of that. And <laughs> we've seen what some of those writers look like. And I don't know if that's exactly uh, the, the cool vibe that we're looking for uh, here. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's just it's so funny when you just think about it like, like, oh, you know, we're being mean. Not really. We're just saying, like, not the typical writers that you think of when you need that cool, interesting, uh, you know, catch on fire kind of writing that that they had in the attitude era they just don't strike me as the the right guys to do it and if you're thinking to yourself oh you can't just go by the looks or, or them being corny in the video or just you know just being just awful with what they're saying well we just look at the product and the product is awful so you know i'm putting two and two together here and i'm making four so it's not my kind of stretching at all as far as saying that these guys are the, are the wrong guys for the job because they've been the wrong guys for the job but you know, kind of with, with Russo and thinking of like what he could do and and what he could be, you always hear, and he always says it too, people within the business and in the industry right now always reaching out to him for advice. So he definitely has his place in the business, whether it's on the brand, the Realm Network, doing this podcast, obviously. But as far as giving advice and these people in the business, hopefully taking that advice. Yeah, hopefully, without a doubt, because he's got a track record. Whether people love him or they don't love him, he's still got a track record that you can't deny. And uh, I feel like every time we've had him on a show, we win people over. So uh, hopefully we do that with you again. Mm -hmm. So before we uh, we wrap it up, uh, give us one key to the game to look for. I know you're a longtime Russo fan going back to those WCW days and those early Asylum days. Give us a a key to the game here with uh, Vince Russo. I love kind of talking about the successful things 
because, you know, yes, it brings you back to the glory days and then the great writing and stuff. So, of course, we mentioned Undertaker and Kane. We talk about Steve Austin against Mr. McMahon, his favorite thing, The Rock joining the corporation and kind of shocking the world with that turn. And we kind of talk about how I think it kind of gets misconstrued where he says they booked it organically week by week. So we went into it. And as far as, yes, they had a plan. Yes, Undertaker versus Kane was going to happen at this juncture let's say mania they were going to build all the way up to it but each week they weren't going to script out they were kind of organically going to write it so yes they knew undertaker was going to fight steve austin at SummerSlam in 98 and they kind of built up to it and you could see how it was building up to that huge huge title match at the garden but i just love kind of people kind of misconstruing saying oh he just would write week by week he you know he 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 didn't know what he was doing. No, they knew what they were doing, but organically they were listening to the audience and, and, and they were really, really working hard and they were spending a lot of time each week on each show and it was so important. Each segment was so important and each guy was so important. So it was really cool to kind of go back and go through that and really hit a lot of the bullet points as far as his writing style, what they were going for, the long-term booking, but really kind of doing it organically on the short-term leading up to the long-term. And then, of course, I wanted to talk a little bit about some successes that he had in TNA, which people, for whatever reason, like to either forget or not mention or don't want to talk about. But if you remember, for a brief period of time there, 2 million viewers, they really were getting hot. And even right before then is when they really had some great, great audience numbers, some great you know, traction on Spike TV. And that's when they had the main event mafia going on and then kind of leading into Sting versus Kurt Angle which was all kind of tied in together with that great main event mafia angle. I just love talking about some of those stuff and some of those successes. And, I, and I'm sure he likes to, you know, look back and, and, you know, maybe, maybe smile upon some of those successes as well. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to join the brand, Vince Russo's the brand, then head over to Russo'sbrand.com. And not only do you get all his podcasts there, but you also get the triple threat with us in the franchise, Shane Douglas. So you get a little bit more uh, bang for your buck there than you uh, you may have realized. So get us on audio and video. Uh, we've been with the brand for a little over six months, and it's a great platform and uh, great support there from everybody, and uh, looking forward to seeing what happens next. So uh, with that being said, you know, we got an, uh, a lot going on here at the Empire, uh, a lot of big things in the works. Hate being vague, but that's the way the name of the game is, and if you want more on the shows, just go to tmptempire.com for all the links to uh, the many podcasts under our umbrella. So with all that being said, John, I'm going to hand the keys over to you. Why don't you take us the rest of the way, hit us with some TMPT business, and get us on the road here to Vince And now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Two Man Power Trip, and at Rasslin Pal. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear your feedback. Check out the feed for awesome past episodes, including Bruno San Martino, Sean Michael, Dusty Rhodes, Jerry Lawler, Terry Funk, Goldberg, Ray Mysterio Jr., Arn Anderson, Glenn Kane Jacobs, and so many more. While you're on the web, visit ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. Visit our store, visit J.J. Dillon's store, Francine's store, and of course, the franchise Shane Douglas store for all you Android users out there. Find us on Google Play and Player FM. 
for all you iOS users, check us out on TuneIn Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Automatic, and now Stitcher. And of course, check out the Empire. Yes, that is the TMPT Empire now. TMPTEmpire.com for all the latest and greatest on the two-man power trip of wrestling. And now, without any further ado, he is a, a writer, a booker, a podcaster, an author, a host. You may know him as Mr. Wrestling 3, the Batman, Vic Venom, the powers that be, or a former WTW World Heavyweight Champion. Here's Vince Russo. Enjoy. One of the most famous bookers, writers, creative in the history of the wrestling business. He is a podcaster, an author, a host. You may know him as Vic Venom, Mr. Wrestling 3, the powers that be, a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion. He is Vince Russo. Vince, welcome to the two-man power trip. John, what's going on, man? I am happy to be here with you, my friend. Awesome to have you on. And, of course, you know, we were on the brand every week with Shane Douglas and the Triple Threat Podcast, so we, we should also probably call you boss as well, right? Nah, I don't, I, <laughs> I, I don't like being anybody's boss, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm just one of the guys, man. That is very true. And with the brand, you've got so much going on. I feel like more than ever, you just keep adding and adding and adding. Tell us the latest about what's going on with the brand. Yeah, bro, I, I'm, I'm very happy because, I mean, bro, literally, like, Five minutes ago, we, we just reached an all-time high in Patreons. Um, we, we, started, uh, we started a Patreon page, you know, um, a few months ago. We added new shows to Patreon. I do a show with my son. I do a review show with Just Incredible. Uh, we do a Master Shoot Theater with Ben Hameen and Stevie Richards. Vic Venom is exclusive on Patreon. You won't find them anywhere else. It's very, very interactive, um, and that's doing really well for us. You can, uh, you can start at $3 by just going to patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC. And then, of course, there's the mothership, man, Russo's brand. And that's where, you know, you could hear the great Shane Douglas, you know, Disco Inferno, Big Vito, Stevie Riches. We're adding more to that. 
Um, totally different shows from Patreon. And all you have to do is go to russosbrand.com. It's less than a buck a week. And, man, there there are too many shows on that account. So much good stuff going on. And I love listening to you and Disco. Is there legitimate uh, heat between you two? It always seems like he's making you drop the F-bomb. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, clarify that for me, John. Like, what what do you mean by heat? Like, like, what, what, like when you say legitimate heat, what 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 do you mean by that exactly? Well, to me, just like he gets under your skin, he's really could be maybe annoying to some people, or maybe annoying to you. Nothing like terrible where you don't talk, you're not friends. It's just one of those things where like he really gets under your skin. No, bro, that that bro, that's been our relationship for the last twenty years. I mean, I, I met Glenn back in. Uh, 1999 we've been friends for 20 years we never lost contact uh you know we worked to get together again at tna that that's our relationship bro that's the way it is it is so interesting kind of some you know some of the topics obviously you cover on this show but i love the end when when you you know you play a clip from like wade keller or something and then almost turn the tables on him and he gets so like worked up and stuff from some of those guys and some of the stuff that they might say or, you know, what a clip do you guys play? Yeah, no, we, we, uh, yeah, bro, you know, we, we have a lot of fun. And, and, you know, bro, there's a lot of things, you know, we agree on, but there's also a lot of things we don't agree on. Um, that's, that's why I think our conversations are good, you know? Yeah. What's kind of, what's the most popular show for you guys? Definitely cast rating the marks? Wait, I'm sorry, say that again, John. What do you think is your most popular show, Castrating the Marks? I, you know, bro, I, I really think, I, I mean, I think it's castrating the marks because, like, you don't really have to be a wrestling fan to listen to that show. And I think there are a lot of non-wrestling fans that listen to that show. But, yeah, bro, like, you know, let, let, let's face it. These guys went on for decades and decades and decades thinking they could say anything and, and never be called out. You know, these guys have convinced themselves that they're in the wrestling business and they're a part of the wrestling business when, at the end of the day, all they are is glorified fans. But, but God forbid you call them a glorified fan and not a journalist, which is a joke, bro. I've been a, I've been a baseball fan longer than some of those guys have even been on this planet. I don't at any time consider myself, you know, a baseball expert or a baseball fan, or I'm, I'm sorry, or a baseball journalist. I am a baseball fan, and I have no problem saying I'm a baseball fan. These guys try to put themselves over as something that they are not because they will never understand what it is to be a part of the wrestling business because they never have been. So th- this is really the first show that has ever really called these guys out. It is pretty funny that I think it's almost three years, basically, it's been going on, but it's funny that the clips never run out, right? It, that's one of the things that's so interesting. You never kind of run out of clips. And I, I thought we would, John. I really did. I mean, I had the idea for the show, and I honestly did not know how long it would last but, but, you know, again, thanks to the brand for, you know, sending in the clips every week. And, I mean, they, they just don't stop coming. I mean, we, we, we had a clip from Meltzer yesterday 
talking about how he was mobbed in Japan and it was a mob scene on the streets. And I'm like, bro, give me a freaking break. Two people probably recognized them. And, you know, that, that, that turns into they were mobbing them on the streets. Stop already, bro. Funny. And I think it was one of the quotes, he, he can't walk the streets when he goes to a, a Sharks game or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, just absolutely ridiculous stuff. I, I when when we were playing that clip yesterday, I, I made Jeff read the uh, read the definition of mob and, and somebody being mobbed. And I'm like, bro, will you stop her? These guys, I, I mean, God, they 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 can't help but you know put themselves over. They know more than everybody else, but yet they've never been employed by a wrestling company or, or, or even had access to the WWE, which blows me away. And speaking of, you know, other things that are on, on your network, uh, Patreon, different like that, obviously just incredible, the AEW show, and you put out there recently, you would help them if they wanted to help, but they didn't kind of have to reach back out. Is there any update on that? Because I know the last time I checked, I didn't see any sort of update that they actually came through. No, I mean, obviously, John, listen, man, between you and me, listen, I, I, I am doing very well with the brand. It, it took me five years to build this thing. You know, I, I, I just realized yesterday, man, you know, like going into 2020, like I, I already have way too much on my plate. And I don't like when that happens because, you know, I want to be the best at everything I do. So like when all of a sudden I feel like I'm doing too much, I got to kind of look at that because I, I don't want any of my shows to suffer, uh, you know, or anything. So, you know, the brand, like it, bro, it's a full-time job. I mean, I do so many shows every day. So I don't, you know, bro, there there were times when I needed a job. I I am not going to lie to you. I left TNA in 2020. And, you know, bro, there was a long time where I needed a job. Thank God for the brand. I don't need a job. And not only do I not need a job, I don't want a job. I, I, I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to go back in the road. I don't want to be a part of that political cesspool. I have no interest in it. So when I say I am offering you free advice, I'm looking at your show and I can help you. No strings attached. I just want the wrestling business to be healthy. And I got to be honest with you, bro, based on my track record and, and, and the ratings that were achieved when I was a head writer, bro, you don't want free advice from me. Bro, you, bro you're, you're nothing short of an idiot. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Bro, it, it's almost like, you know, Joe Rogan, you know, reaching out to me and say, hey, Vince, I see you're doing some podcasting. Bro, I'd love to give you some free pointers and free advice if you're open to it. And me saying, nah, Joe, that's okay. You know, I'm good. I mean, bro, seriously, man, like, that that blows my freaking mind 
when somebody with my resume is telling you, I don't want a freaking job, I don't want, I, I don't want recognition, I don't want anything other than for wrestling to be good again. So if you guys want any free advice, I will follow you. All you got to do is follow me back, and, 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 and I'll keep it confidential. I won't let anybody know we're talking, but, but no, bro, they have not taken me up on the offer. And, like, I don't give a – you know, quite frankly, bro, I don't give a shit. It, it doesn't affect me one way or another, but it should really tell you how serious they are about being successful. It is weird that you had such success and nobody kind of follows up and gets your advice and, and, and brings you on or gets your help or stuff. It's almost like Barry Bonds is like, all right, I'll be a, you know, um, a, a hitting instructor for free. I'll be your personal hitting instructor for free. Uh, just just let me know if you need help. You're like, ah, but Barry John, Bonds, John, what did he ever do? Yeah, John, it's really not weird. It's really not re- weird. This is what it all comes down to. They're all afraid of what the marks are going to think. That, that's what it all comes down to. The marks are controlling them. The marks don't like Vince Russo because Vince Russo represents entertainment. They don't want entertainment in wrestling, bro. They want 30-minute fake fights. So they hate Vince Russo. And, and now, now you have the marks literally in the driver's seat of the wrestling business. And when you look at numbers, we, 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 see, we see how that has worked for them. But, bro, the reason Cody doesn't contact me, the reason Cody doesn't reach out to me is because of, 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 the, of, of you know, the response from the mark. And, I mean, it's like, bro, really? You really believe those people are going to stop watching your show because you're talking to me like you honestly and truly believe that you see john a lot of people forget the marks were around during the attitude era they were shitting on every show ripping every show the only difference is we ignored them because we knew we already had them we knew they were coming back to watch next week's show no matter what. So we put our time and energy into getting the casual fans, into getting television viewers, into getting people that weren't obsessed with wrestling and watching wrestling every week. That's how we grew the audience. These guys are kowtowing to an audience they already have, which is asinine. Those people are not going anywhere. You need to get other people that are not watching the show, and what's going to draw those other people is entertainment and not fake fights. Which kind of proves your point how the horrible wedding angle actually got over and got a big rating for them. Absolutely, bro. I mean, that's it. That, 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 that proves right there that still works because you don't have to like wrestling to watch that. And it is a 
spectacle. And if I'm flipping through my channels and there's a wedding going on in a wrestling rink, I'm going to stop and watch it. You know, it, it, it proved the point without a shadow of a doubt that that stuff still works today. And you see Lana, who obviously is a very attractive girl. You see her in the dress, and you're almost like, who's this blonde? It makes you turn the channel back, too, With obviously with Lashley, a huge jacked-up like monster standing next to her. Right, absolutely, bro. And, and again, if I'm flipping through the channels and I see two guys having a 15-minute wrestling match, if I don't like wrestling, I'm not watching it. I'm, not, I'm, go, I'm going on to the next thing. Those are the people that you have to get. Bro, that's why we had so many gimmicks, and that's why we had, we had so many spectacles, and that's why David Arquette was champion, and that's why Judy Bagwell was on a forklift, and that's why Austin drove a Zamboni into the arena. That's why you did all that stuff, bro, because stuff like that would draw the masses because it was a spectacle, and they had to stop, and they had to see what was going on. Some of those stuff is just unforgettable, and you remember it 20, 25 years later. You kind of don't forget stuff like that. No, ab- absolutely, bro. bro, bro. I, I remember stuff in wrestling when I was 12. It, to today's product, I can't tell you what happened next week, last week. I, I can't tell you. Which is kind of the point, right? I mean, a lot of the stuff they're doing is just so forgettable that they need to go back to a little bit more entertainment. I get, try to, like you said, try to get those casual fans. Why? I know they're afraid of them, but why wouldn't somebody with some sense say, you know, guys, we do need to draw more fans? Or maybe somebody from the, the network executive might say, guys, you need to draw more fans. I don't care how you do it. Let me tell you something, John. That, here's why. I'll tell you. And I'll tell you what's going to happen in 2020. Bro, the, the, the management at the top of these companies right now, horrible, 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 bro. The, 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 the top tier at, at, at these wrestling companies now, that's the reason these companies are not doing what they should be doing. It's, it's management, bro. You know, you got the WWE, you know, in the wrestling bubble. A sixty-four, a seventy-four-year-old man who's so out of touch with what's hip and cool uh, in two thousand and twenty, and has surrounded himself with people that don't know what's hip and cool in two thousand and twenty. I'm sorry, bro. Michael Hayes, Bruce Pritchard, Paul Heyman, Paul Levesque, Shane McMahon, Stephanie McMahon are about the uncoolest people on the freaking planet. <laughs> Those are the people dictating a wrestling show. Bro, now you go to AEW, it's different. Because, like, they're younger, but they're all wrestlers. You know, you, bro, executive vice president, Cody Rhodes, executive vice president, the Young Bucks, executive vice president, Kenny Omega, executive vice president, Brandy Rhodes. All they know is freaking wrestling. That's all they freaking know, and that's all you get on the show. Bro, here's what's going to happen in 2020. The network executives are going to step in. Because, bro, all the network executives care about are ratings. They don't care about your social media. They don't care about your all-in. They don't care about, uh, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't care about your marks. They care about 
the number and how many people are watching the show. And I'm telling you, bro, in 2020, these networks are going to start stepping in and they're going to say, guys, this is not good enough. This is what we need you to do. This is not what we paid for. And at that point, they're going to be forced to change. You kind of hope so because it's not been very, you know, very good TV. It used to be appointment TV. You had to watch it. You couldn't miss it. You had to watch it live, too. You had to be sure you were watching yep. it. It's totally away from that. What would you do? Let's take wedding angle. It really, it was a little off. What, like, what would you do instead to get, you know, maintain that audience? Obviously, it went down this week, the week after the wedding angle. But what would you do to maintain that audience? Bro, that, that's hard to say because I, I, I'm not going to play off stuff that they wrote because mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have wrote that in the first place. Okay, but gotcha. I'll, I'll tell you the overall theme, bro. I will tell you the overall theme. Nobody knows how to do it. Nobody has the balls to do it. They're all in the wrestling bubble. They're all afraid of change. So what do they do, bro? They do what they know. Bro, he, he, here's what would change professional wrestling in three months. The, the main theme and the backdrop is reality-based. What's really going on in the company? Not this phony, fake, campy bullshit with creepers and and just, you know, campy weddings and just stuff that is so bad and so believable. I'm talking about reality. And, bro, look at the situations you have in AEW, WWE. Bro, you got a 74-year-old man that you got about six people or eight people are standing around waiting for him to either kick the bucket or step down. Okay. You got triple H and Stephanie on one side. You got Shane McMahon. You got Bruce Pritchard, a power hunger monger. You got Paul Heyman, the greatest con man in the business. You got all these characters vying and jockeying for position. And bro, what are they trying to do? They're trying to bring wrestlers into their own camp. So now the wrestlers have to make a decision. Do we kiss up to Paul? Do we kiss up to Bruce? Do we kiss up to Triple H? Bro, you got a whole subculture going on behind the scenes of that company. Bro, look at AEW. We we got executive vice presidents who don't have a clue to what they're doing. Okay, we we got them bringing their friends in and their friends are on TV, bro. That is going to turn into the same situation that you got into WWE. You got a 100 percent bona fide money mark, you know, to the point of dressing like the wrestlers, you know, running the show, bro. Those are the stories, man. And that's how you would get the casual fans involved because they would look at this and they would say, holy crap, what an F up business this is. Bro, of course you work it. Of course you you work it, but you work it within the parameters of what's really happening and what's really going on. Bro, I'll give you a perfect example. What we just read about The Miz and CM Punk. I would be all over that crap, bro. I would be all over that. That would be on my TV. 
but 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 no, bro. We're we're gonna have creepers. We're gonna have guys in masks recruiting people. You know, we're we're gonna have over the top weddings, and 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 bro, that that's the wrestling bubble. That the and and that's why wrestling is dying a slow death. And then you add to it the Rusev scene the week after with the fake green screen and not really putting Liv and Mana together, like as far as just building that storyline. It's all, you're right, it's all backwards. So it's, I don't know who's writing it. I guess it's kind of like young hipsters that are a little bit clueless, and then they have to listen to the, you know, the, the vintage of the world and everything else who are out of touch. So it, it's, it's horrible the way it's going. Yeah, and bro, and bro, I'm just telling you right now, it, 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 it's, it's easier for AEW, bro. I'm telling you right now what AEW needs. AEW needs a guy. Like, the guy, who, who's your Vince McMahon? It's not Tony freaking Khan. And, bro, and, I, and I'm telling you, it, it, it's really not one of the boys. Because, bro, when you're one of the boys, when, when you're a Cody Rhodes and you're in a management position, being one of the boys is going to, um, it's going to have an impact of your decisions and what you did. It needs to be a JR type. It needs to be like if a Chris Jericho was to step down from the ring and, and, and like that's Jericho is going to be the guy. That's what they need. The WWE, on the other hand, bro, in my opinion, they need to fire everybody. Like they, they, they need to get all that political bullshit out of there and really hire people that are, that are going to turn that company around. That company, bro, is full of con men, politicians, liars, bullshitters, good old boys. Bro, they can't get out of their own way. So uh, unless literally every single person is handed a pink slip, that company will never change. AEW has a much better chance if they got the right guy in charge. You know, bro, I, I would say, you know, may, maybe 10 years ago, JR was that guy. But I, I just don't know if at JR's age now, um, you know, he, he, he'd even want to do that. I, I mean, bro, that is, a, uh, that is an undertaking. That is a 24-7 hour job. I don't know if JR has that in him. But that's what they need, bro, and they need that badly. So when you look at Vince Russo, the writer, you know, Crash TV, the Attitude Era, all these things, I always look back at like, okay, let's look at, you say, you know, his resume, his reputation. Let's just see who liked him. Okay, so you look back. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hmm, okay. The Rock. Okay. Mick Foley. Okay. Dustin Rhodes. Goldust. Okay. I mean, these are huge, huge names, huge stars, and they're they like you, Jericho, Jim Ross, they love you, and they say, like, okay, great writer. Where is the disconnect between listening to the old vets, the guys that did it, the guys that are the biggest names ever in the history of business, and the guys today? Where is that disconnect? It's a generational thing, bro. It's not just wrestling. John, I swear to you, I left TNA in 2012. Bro, I am not bullshitting you because I was talking about it when it was happening. Bro, probably sometime around 2007, I saw these young kids coming in, bro, that that knew more than Vince Russo would ever know. A, a, a generation of them, bro. And, you know, bro, I, 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 w- I would 
sit there with them. I would try to treat them. I, I would try to teach them what I learned, you know, from Vince McMahon, uh, you know, and the veterans that I worked with. And, bro, they knew everything. I knew nothing. And, bro, it would get to the point that I, I, I literally would be like, bro, go out there and do whatever you want. You're going to fall flat on your face and you're never going to get over. So go do it. Like, I'm not, bro, I'm, you know, at that point, bro, like, I'm in my 40s, you know. Bro, I'm not going to argue with a 20-year-old kid that has never done anything. I'm not going to sit there and argue with you. Go out, you know, do your spot fest, have no character, have no story, and we will see if you get over. Bro, this is, I'm talking 2005. I'm talking 2007. That's when this whole movement started. And it's, it's really not a wrestling thing, bro. It's a generational thing. It's pretty sad like, to see that because you usually respect the guys that have done it before. Not only done it, but done it successfully and won the Monday Night Wars and got huge ratings, some of the biggest ratings ever seen in wrestling. And ever since then, it's been on a slow decline, basically a 20-year decline. So you would think that they would know better, but they're just, I don't even know how to describe it. They just don't care to pay attention to facts. And, bro, there was such, when I worked with those guys, there was such a level of respect. I respected what they did. They respected what I did. You know, bro, I mean, come on, guys. You know, man, working for guys, like, working with guys like Mick and Taker and Brett and Sean and Austin and The Rock, and I could go on and on. There was a mutual respect. There was never, ever a disrespect. Bro, I wound up leaving a, I, I wound up leaving a um, independent company in my own backyard in Colorado, you know, a, a little over a year ago because, bro, there were these 20-year-old kids on the indie scene disrespecting me. And I was like, like, serious? I'm like, do you think I'm going to stand around and take this from these freaking punks who have done nothing? I, I, I left, bro. And, you know, bro, it was great money. It, it was a drive away. Bro, I am not going to stand there and be disrespected by guys that have done nothing in the wrestling business. And the lack of respect today, bro, it, it's sickening. It's sickening you know, knowing, you know, the Kurt Angles I worked with and the Booker T's, bro, and knowing the level of respect between writer and performer. It's a joke now, bro. It's embarrassing. Crazy that that happens. I don't know, it's just uh, mind-boggling, like you said, the disconnect. But take us back kind of through the day of of your thought process in writing, because you said it's very organic. You and Ed would get together. Obviously, Ed Ferrara, a great writer, good good buddy of mine, uh, obviously really good buddy of yours. You guys would get together, and you would organically create the show. Did you know months in advance where you were going and then write it week to week, depending on, on basically situations and, and the organic feel of the crowd? So we, we kind of knew, like, big picture. We kind of knew it. You know, we kind of knew where we wanted to go. But, bro, we were really writing pay-per-view to pay-per-view. You know, you know, during that time, bro, you, you had to sell the pay-per-views. It was a pay-per-view business. 
So we were really writing pay-per-view to pay-per-view. You know, bro, uh, you know, the pay-per-view would be over on a Sunday. That next show, Monday, we know the card for the next pay-per-view. And in those next four or five weeks, we are building every single match and every single angle going into that next pay-per-view. That was the model. Well, you know, you know, you know, uh, what should I call it? Like, Eric Bischoff loves to tell the story of I would be in creative, and and, and I I would lay out like television for that week, and and then Eric would love to say, and then I would ask Vince, where are we going? And he has his he has those deer in the headlights look. Well, first of all, Eric, the guy with the deer in the headlights look put you out of a freaking job because once I took over creative for WWE, WCW was done. We, we, we slayed WWE creatively. So you're sitting there, bro, and you're criticizing the guy that literally kicked your ass. But the fact of the matter is, John, and you could ask Ed this, bro, the goal was to write the best show Every week, when I am writing this week's show, I am not thinking about three weeks from now. I'm not thinking about four weeks from now, six months from now. I'm thinking about this show. And, bro, when you have strong characters, the show organically writes itself. Okay, bro, this happened this week realistically, what would happen the next week? And how would the characters react to this situation? It writes itself, bro. When, when you start pigeonholing yourself, oh, man, in two months we're going to be here, or two, eight, you know, three months we're going to be here, bro, you're, you're, taking out the, you're taking the fans out of the equation. Because the fans are going to tell you what's working and what's not working. And if something's working, you go more with it. And if something's not working, you pull away from it. That's why it is a massive waste of time to write wrestling in advance. Bro, guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to fail drug tests. Guys are going to jump to other companies. Guys are going to have personal issues. You never know who's going to be on the roster, you know, or or, or the situation with guys six months from now. So why am I going to sit here and plan something out for Kurt Angle for the next six months when two weeks from now he could blow a quad? You, bro, it's organic. It writes itself. It's like life. Bro, you don't plan, John. You don't wake up today and lay out what, what, what your day is going to be like next Monday. You, 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 you wake up today, whatever happens, happens. It's probably going to have some kind of an effect of what happens tomorrow. You, you don't write that shit out. So, you know, again, bro, that, that's the problem with today's wrestling. They don't have true characters. So, so they don't know how their characters would act or react in certain situations. It's all freaking organic, bro. Like, 
Stephanie McMahon makes me laugh. She actually does. She actually does interviews where she'll actually sit there and say, we write this stuff a year out. Honey, I, I got news for you. If you're writing this shit a year out, you need to fire every single person involved in the process, including yourself. Because if this is a year of planning, this sucks. Crazy that she could say that. But just think about Stone Cold Steve Austin. That wasn't, you know, that was organic. The fans really got behind him. So if you wrote it a year out, be like, eh, well, Steve Austin's the most over, but eh, we're not going to give him the push. Absolutely. But, 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 but you see, bro, but that's how a lot of it works with the politics. See, me, me and Ed wouldn't stand for that shit. Bro, me, me, we're not, we're not going to let politics get in the way of our show because you want to teach somebody a lesson. Bro, that, that didn't fly with me and Ed. When you have guys like Heyman and Bischoff and, 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 uh, and Pritchard, you know, very vindictive, vindictive people, bro, they will hurt your television show to get back at people. They, they will hurt your television show to show wrestlers who are in charge. And, bro, that, that's why a lot of shit in, in wrestling happens where you scratch your head and you don't understand what's going on. Bro, I sit here and I'm like, well, so-and-so's in the doghouse. What, what did they do last week? Or what did they say? Or who did they look at the wrong way? That's the way business is is conducted by the good old boys, bro. Pretty uh, sad and pretty crazy, and you could definitely see some of that still obviously going on today if you really pay close attention. But as far as like Austin and and let's just say Goldust, whatever, you guys, you and Ed would like collaborate with them, right? And say like, what would you do? What would your character do? It's not just you're going to hand them a script. I mean, right? It's it's much more well, intricate. No, we, much- we 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 would be would you know, bro? It's got to start somewhere, okay? So what we would do is Ed and I would write what we thought they would do. That's what we would write. And now, bro, you got to understand, bro, we're getting in touch with them during the week. Like, like as, as soon as me and Ed have the idea down on paper, I'm calling Rock. You know, I'm calling Austin. We're calling them, bro, on Thursday. And we're like, okay, guys, this is, this is what we think. This is where we think it should go. Bro, we were giving them time to think about it. You know, we weren't hitting them that day. Okay, guys, this is what you're doing tonight. Bro, they actually had a day or two to, okay, this is where they want to go. How can, how can I make this better? Then they would get back to us. Then, then you know, either they'd say, bro, beautiful, love it, 100%, or add this, add that. But it was a collaborated effort, bro, to make it the absolute best show that it could be. And I guarantee that's not what they do anymore because it doesn't seem like the wrestler has any input whatsoever anymore. With bro, I, I, listen, I'm going to be honest with you, John. Some of the some of the top guys at the WWE actually, bro, correspond with me. On a weekly basis, bro, on a creative level, okay? And, bro, I am telling you as a fact, when these guys 
show up at TV, they are told right then, right there, this is what you're doing. This is what you're saying. The day of the show. And, bro, I've been told, if you bring them any idea of your own, bro, it could be the greatest idea in the world. If it's not theirs, they're not good. They're not going to do it. And I, I, my, my God, bro, I, I don't know how you work under those parameters. I, I don't know how the talent is not part of the process. I don't know how you work that way, bro. You are stifling the creativity of every single person on that roster. I don't know why you would want to do that. You know, bro, it's just, you know, it's like some kind of a dictatorship and just some kind of, you know, power trip. I don't know what it is, bro. What a horrible, horrible, horrible way to put a show together, in my opinion. It's like he's making money because of the, you know, the Saudi deal and the Fox deal and stuff. He's like, well, I'm making money. It's it doesn't matter how good we are. It's going to catch that's up to him sooner or later. That's exactly it, bro. But it goes back to what I said earlier. If I'm, if I'm the USA Network, I, I, I'm asking myself, oh, okay, like, bro, where, where, do, where do I stand on the list of WWE priorities? Okay, bro, they, they, got, they got to please Fox. They got, to police, they, got, they got to please Saudi Arabia. They got to... Um, you know, they got the XFL coming. Uh, you know, they, they think they're in a war with NXT, so NXT's got to beat AEW. Like, where exactly do I stand in – do we stand in their list of priorities? Yeah. And, and, and bro, you know, th- th- that's what's happening. And, and I'm telling you, as USA sees that number going down – Bro, they don't give a shit about all that other stuff. All they care about is is that show on Monday night. And the WWE is serving so many masters now, bro, taking in all that money that I'm telling you, bro, the networks are going to step in and say, wait a minute, bro. We, we know what wrestling used to do. And now it's doing a fraction of that. Bro, I'm telling you, that that's what's going to happen in the year ahead. And did you see the latest? Somebody was suing because of the XFL and, and the yep. stock and Vince taking out money. What do you think is going to happen yep. with that? Because that could be some pretty damning and serious stuff. A- a- absolutely, bro. Absolutely. And, bro, you know what it all goes down to? Greed, man. Greed. 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 And, bro, it's like... Bro, the more money you're accepting and taking in, the more and more and more you're watering down your product. That's exactly what you're doing. The more money you take, the worse and worse your product gets, where it should be the complete opposite. Bro, I I know with the brand, it's like, bro, the more subscribers you get, the more Patreons you get, bro, you got to be better and better and better because you have to sustain that. Bro, I don't want to lose one subscriber. So now, like, as, as the stakes start getting raised, I got to look at, shoot, man, what other podcasts can I bring in? 
What other show can we do? What other gimmick can I do? I have to look at all that shit. I'm not resting on my laurels. It becomes harder now. But, bro, they, they, they take all this money, and that's exactly what they're doing, bro. They're resting on their laurels, the name, the WWE. But like I tell you, man, with the money Fox paid, bro, it, it's not going to be good enough. And $2.4 million is not $3.5 million like was promised, or whatever, $3 million, whatever was promised. It's a lot less on Fox than they really either thought it should be or, or thought it would be. Yep, absolutely, bro. Absolutely, bro. They, Fox paid money for a number. That's what they paid for. There were expectations, bro. That's what they paid for. And, uh, you know, when, when the WWE fails to, to reach those expectations, well, bro, you know, that, that, now it's business. Now it's, listen, man, we made a deal, and this is what we were counting on, and you guys are not delivering. What are you going to do? Man, I don't even know what to say with the reality TV. That would be awesome if you find out what's, what's really kind of going on behind the scenes. Even to the point when they had Bischoff there, and Bischoff exits, obviously, you know, he gets fired almost seemed like a, uh, a setup job. Like, that would have been really cool to see behind the scenes what the hell was going on because you knew some stranger political things were at work. Oh, no, that, but, but, bro, they all without Bischoff. I, I mean, it would have been great oh, with Bischoff yeah. there because, yep. yeah, Bischoff, Bischoff, Bischoff would have been such a great player. But, I mean, my God, bro, even without Bischoff, I mean, come on. Like, I I worked with these characters, man. I I know how they work. I know what they think. I know what they're going to do. And, I mean, bro, you would have the entire world watching that show. So, as far as Cody, and he seems to be – I wouldn't say negative, but he usually brings up the brand and kind of says something, you know, maybe a little not as – positive as it could be, but then he said he knows Will, your son. Obviously, Goldust and you have a great, or had, or have, whatever, had great relationship. You knew Dusty very well. Is it just, he's just too young? It's it's almost like he he doesn't quite get it? I, I mean, what's the, the relationship with you and Cody? Why is it so kind of um, scattered, if you will? Why is it, bro, why is bro, it the way bro, it is? Bro, it is so simple, John. When you look at things, it is so simple. Bro, first of all, you got to understand you know, however long ago it was, I don't know. Conrad, Conrad Thompson called me and wanted me to be a part of the all-in convention, okay? I said, I said, no problem, Conrad. I'd love to do it. No problem. I'll, I'll come, this, that, and the other thing. So, meanwhile, Conrad uh, tweets something out. Bro, now Cody tweets something out. Uh, no, bro, to me, pretty much stay at home. You're not welcome here. Bro, the next day when somebody asks him about that, bro, the next day the guy's calling me a homophobe, you know, based on something that Ryan Satin created, okay? Oh, God. Now, bro, I never met this guy. I, I, I never had a conversation with him, bro. I work with his father. I work with his brother. Never had a problem. There was always a mutual respect. And now, bro, okay, bro, I'm not welcome to your convention. I'm a homophobe. Now, bro, on, on, on uh, social media, you keep bringing up the brand and this and that. Bro, 
He's playing to the mark. He's getting over with the mark. The marks hate Russo. So if I hate Russo and I hate the brand, the marks will love me. That's what he's doing. And, bro, like, that's fine. Cody, if you think the marks are going to potentially bring you in more money than than my advice will, bro, you're out of your effing mind. But, like, if you really want to believe that and if you want to bury me at the expense of the marks to get over with the marks, bro, knock yourself out. And, again, bro, it all goes back to they're placating to people they already have. And, and, and that's the problem, bro. That's why nobody is growing their audience. That's it in a nutshell. Are you still friendly with Dustin? I, bro, I literally haven't spoken to Dustin since I last worked with him um, over at TNA. But, bro, I could tell you, I mean, my God, bro, I, I got a great relationship with Tony Giovanni. I, I got a good relationship with JR. Bro, Keith Mitchell, who's kind of like the Kevin Dunn at AEW, bro, mm-hmm. Keith, and, Keith Mitchell and me have a great relationship i mean bro the, the the management people over there i mean they they know what i'm capable of they know uh you know like what 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 i could do like I, i'm i'm sure jr would be the first one to say like bro whether you like this guy or not like there were eight million people watching raw if this guy is offering you free advice like bro you got to be pretty silly not to take it i i Guarantee you, Jr. would say that in a minute. What do you think about Jericho, this? Jericho, Jericho would say that. Oh yeah, of course. Yep. What do you think about this idea? They secretly bring you in, and you become a heel stable, and you become the biggest villain in AEW history. What do you think, bro? It didn't, <laughs> bro, do you know, bro? Do you know how huge? Do you know how huge that would be? But bro, again, this is what what blows my mind bro they don't want to piss off the marks they honestly believe doing any kind of not only business with vince russo having even having a conversation with vince russo is going to piss the off the mark bro could you imagine i i mean bro like just like off the top of my head bro could you imagine if all of a sudden like you know, I, I appeared or whatever, and, uh, you know, like, t- take the Young Bucks, for instance, anybody. Like, I, I, I start cutting a promo on the Young Bucks, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Bro, could you imagine if all of a sudden the Young Bucks turned and were now with Vince Russo? Like, I mean, bro, just shit that would be absolutely incredible TV. People would go out of their mind nuts. I know how to work the marks. I know what to say the marks. It would be such a level of heat, bro, that the wrestling business hasn't seen in freaking years. And, bro, I'm not pitching that by any stretch of the imagination because, quite frankly, bro, I don't even know if I do it. I, I, I don't like leaving my house. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> but, I mean, j- just the possibilities, the shit 
the, the shit they're leaving on the table because they are letting the marks call the shots. Man, that would be monumental. It'd be huge. And obviously, he'd be the biggest villain. Anybody associated with, like you said, Bucks or whoever, would be the biggest villain for the roster because they're not going to cheer you. They're going to hate you. So whoever you were feuding with would be the most popular guy. Like, let's just put Cody out there or something. It would be huge, and they would totally buy it, Klein and Sinker. I mean, it would be awesome. Yeah, well, but, but like I said, bro, it's not about business. And, and at the end of the day, bro, that's what it should be all about, business, 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 business. Bro, I'm working with anybody that will make me money. I, 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 I don't care who it is, bro. I am work. I don't let anything get in the way of business. Business is business, bro. And, you know, you, if you want to make money, you know, you got to put personal feelings aside. You know, you got you to gotta put aside, you know, what people will say and what people will think. Business is business, bro. And that's why, like, I sit here and I'm like, bro, like you, you guys are like you, you are missing the boat. So you know, bro, AEW NXT, bro, you're gonna do your 1.5, 1.7 million people every week. It's gonna go back and forth. NXT is gonna gain one week. AEW is gonna gonna have the better show the next week. Bro, you're never ever going to grow that audience. So everybody is fighting over the same small piece of pie. And what's going to happen, bro? They're going to start eliminating each other because there aren't enough people to fuel four, five, six, seven wrestling companies. Very, very true, bro, and very well said. Now, as we head towards the finish line, we head towards the wind down. I just got to ask, what are some of your favorite angles that you wrote obviously what comes to my mind austin versus mcmahon taker versus kane the rock turning heel and joining the corporation what are your basically some of your favorites well bro i, I my favorite of all time and i think ed will tell you the same thing we, we we love the rock joining the corporation because bro there were months and months and months of hints that we were dropping like that that was one that we knew was going to happen but we took our time, but we, we dropped hints along the way. And if you would go back and watch the show, it, it, it just all played out. Bro, that is the best written, written angle. You'll never see a better written angle than that, bro. You really won't. I'm, I'm just telling you. And a lot of that kudos to Ed. Ed was a great writer. Ed, Ed could dot eyes, cross like nobody, the, the nuances. You'll never see a better written story than that, period. And, bro, I got to tell you, man, when I was working at TNA, like, I really enjoyed that main event mafia stuff. I, I, I thought when yeah. we had those guys, and I thought when, when Angle and Sting were fighting within the group, I, I really thought that was a good angle. And, bro, people shit on me all the time in my time at TNA. Bro, we, would, we, we, we had the viewership up to 2 million people. 2 million people, bro, were watching TNA. You're going to sit there and tell me that was a failure? What, what, what's Impact Wrestling drawing today? Oof, horrible numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Almost out of business. Horrible numbers at one point. Yeah. 
and the main event mafia was so good. And that's another intricate thing that I don't think people realize. If they go back and watch it, it's so good. Basically, you know, Booker T is definitely a heel. Nash is definitely here. Angle's a heel. But Sting, you don't know. It's like he's a heel, but he's not. But then he's doing the right thing. It, he was the coolest part of that because it's like, wait a second. He's not agreeing with them, but he's with them. It, it was just so cool, like the intrigue of it. And then him winning the title. And, 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 bro, the, well the, and bro, that's that's when I talk about the organicness of it. How are those individuals, all legends, all with egos, how are they going to exist within the group? Bro, that's, that's where the, the organicness of it comes in. And, and that's why I'm saying, bro, it's like we wrote week to week to week. And, uh, you know, the, the natural progression of the characters and the storylines, bro. And, bro, we had enough confidence in ourselves where, okay, bro, this is a great show. Next week's show is going to be better. And the one after that is going to be better than that. We, we had the confidence in ourselves that we were going to keep topping our own writing. But, I mean, that's, what, that's why I'm saying, bro, you got a week to write a show. You, you think it, within that week I'm going to be focused on what's happening in four weeks? No, bro, I, I'm not. I'm concentrating on that show, the here and now, what's airing in five days. That's what all my focus is on. When that show airs, we pick up exactly where we left off, and everything becomes a natural progression. I mean, bro, AEW did this two weeks ago. We go off the show, and the, the, the Creepers kill the entire AEW roster. So bad. <laughs> yeah. The following week, it's not even brought up. Okay, bro, your entire roster got their ass kicked by, by this group of outsiders. And the seven days later, every single person forgot about it. That, bro, that's horrible. Like that, and, and, bro, I know what, why they did it. I, I know they did it because the Mark shit on it, and it sucked, and the guy with the fake punches and all that. I understand, bro. They wanted you to forget about it. They wanted you to no, bro. It happened. So it, 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 if I'm Cody Rhodes and I'm in charge of this company, and these outsiders come in and kick everybody's ass, including mine, I am not going to mention it next week, bro. That's where you lose casual viewers. That, that that's where you lose them because they're sitting there, and if they would have tuned in that following week, they're saying, wait a minute, what, what happened to those guys last week that kicked everybody's ass? Like, that, that's what casual fans say. And that's why you lose those people. And that's why, bro, the Marks are going to watch the show no matter what you do. No matter what you do, they're go- that's what they do, bro. That's how they ide- are identified, and that's how they identify themselves. What would you do in that situation? It was horrible, the fake punches, those guys. I mean, obviously, besides just not even write that because it was terrible. But what would you do to kind of combat it? Would you almost make it a joke? Or, like, the next week, what could you possibly do to save it? Obviously, what they did was the wrong thing, but what, what, what could you do? 
Bro, I at least – first of all, bro, the fact that these guys are on the masks already, you, you, you freaking lost me. Uh, bro, this ain't 1970. <laughs> I mean, stop. What, you, answer me one question. Why are, they, why are they wearing masks? Oh, I have no clue. Like, why, why can't we know who they are? Like, you, you got to tell me that to begin with, okay? But, bro, if, if not for anything, I'm at least seeing that grappler group Bro, you know how, like, I, I don't know if you were, like, in a fraternity or not. But, bro, you know, like, you know, when you're a fraternity and, like, you're a pledge. And, like, yeah. bro, the, the, the people that are in there, they freaking torture you and punish you. And they get in your head and they try to break you down. I mean, I'm at least doing that, bro. I, I'm at least going back to Creeper head, Headquarters. And, you know, we're, we're putting each other over for what we did. And then, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm picking that guy out with the freaking fake punches. Okay, bro? And, and now, now, bro, everybody in that group is beating the shit out of that guy, bloodying that guy, and, and kicking him out to the curb. I'm at least doing that. But to totally ignore it like it never happened, you know what that tells me, bro? That tells me you don't have the writing chops to cover something that did not turn out the way you wanted it to. And you've got to be able to, bro, because you're going to put stuff out there that's the shit. And you can't make believe like it never happened. You've got to figure out a way to cover it. Just oh man, it just shows the, the ineptitude that they have. But as far as yourself, do you have any angles? Not like that, but like angles where you wish you know you had a second chance, or maybe a do-over, like or maybe even had more of an opportunity to do it by yourself, like maybe like New Blood versus the Millionaires Club, or even Sex. Oh yeah, no, same bro, no, bro, 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 bro. If anything, like bro, if anything, like God, if 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 they would have just allowed me at WCW to do what I said I was going to do, if they would have allowed me to do what they hired me for, bro, there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever that Ed Ferrara and myself would have gotten WCW back in the game. No doubt in my mind, bro, because you know, in the first three months, we had a we, we had a breakdown all the stuff that wasn't working, and we had to start like rebuilding the city, and we were doing that, bro. We knew exactly what we were doing. There's no doubt in my mind if they would have left us alone, we, there would have been another war, bro. The WCW would have gotten back in the game. And it, it, it's just so unfortunate, bro, that that never happened because of the politics and because of the bullshit and because, bro, all the veterans, you know, thought, thought I wanted to retire them and, you know, thought I wanted to bury them at the expense of the younger guys. All that paranoid bullshit that's a part of wrestling if they would have let N and I do what we said we were going to do, no doubt in my mind, WCW would have got back in the game. 
and my two favorite guys during that kind of your run there, Booker T and Scott Steiner, you got them over to where they weren't over before. And they were just a kind of a perfect example of what you could do if, if given some a better opportunity, maybe better time. Because I love Booker T at that point. And then Scott Steiner just got pushed to the moon because that's who he is. He's big pop up bump. Yeah. And, bro, that, that's why, like, I, 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 bro, like, the only time in my career I got to do whatever I wanted to do with, without interference was the WWE period. Okay, bro, it wasn't that way at WCW. It wasn't that way, uh, you know, at TNA. And, bro, it wouldn't be that way today. That, 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 that's why the idea of me ever going back and, you know, people telling me, oh, yo, Vince, you're bitter because they don't hire you. You know, bro, you out of your effing mind. Like, do, do you really think for one minute, for one minute, I believe, that I would be able to walk into a wrestling company and do things my way and the, the, the way I, 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 I know they need to be done in order for that company to be successful. Do you really believe for one second I believe that? Bro, that would never happen in a million years, and that's why, bro, I would never waste one minute of my time. Now, bro, you, you want me to consult? You, you want me to work from home and say, okay, bro, this didn't work because of that, and maybe you should have did this? And, and bro, you, you could take my ideas, and you could either use them or wipe your ass with them. That's a whole different ball game. But to be involved in that week-to-week environment again, Bro, I swear to God, Vince McMahon could call me tomorrow and offer me $10 million. And I would say, Vince, I- I'm sorry, bro. It- it's not about the money. You know, I'm ne- next year I'm going to be 60 years old. I would never, bro, for $20 million put myself in that kind of environment, never. Because, bro, I would die. I, I would die. It, it would literally kill me. You know, the politics, the backstabbing, the second-guessing, bro, it would kill me at my age today. And that's why I would never do it. Now, as far as, obviously, the disco show, you guys always talk – or not always, but occasionally come up, you were a WCW champion, and he never lets you kind of – talk about it he always cuts you off and always talks over you which it's, it's hilarious you know you get you fired up but when you were WCW champion do you regret that at all or do you think that's just part of the storyline that's making things work it's making things move forward bro I don't re- I don't regret that at all bro I, I won the belt on Nitro okay and and I I relinquished the belt on Thunder okay and, bro, mm-hmm. if, if you go back to the promo, the sit-down with myself and Mike Tanay, when I, I, re, I relinquished the belt on the next show, and you listen to that promo, bro, there were at least five storylines that came out of me winning the title. And, it, and it's all laid out in that promo. You go back and listen to the promo, and I tell Mike, Mike, you know, I got nothing more to prove. 
I proved that at any given day I could step into the ring and be the WCW champion, blah, blah, blah. Then hear the promo, bro. And out of that one match, I am setting up five different angles. Bro, if anybody thinks I put that belt on myself to put myself over, bro, you are the biggest mark on the planet. Because, bro, when you're writing 52 shows a week times two, 104, plus 12 pay-per-views, when you're writing 116 shows a year, you're doing everything. Because, bro, if you're not doing everything, then it's the same old shit every single week. Do I regret it for a moment? Bro, not only do I not regret it, I would do the same exact thing tomorrow. I couldn't stop laughing when Disco said you just wanted a picture with your, you know, of yourself with the belt. I couldn't stop laughing. He is a bull. Yeah, well, I, I mean, he, he, I mean he, he, he was obviously, you know, kidding and trying to piss me off. <laughs> But, I, I mean, bro, it's, it, 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 it's an absolute joke. Bro, when you write shit like that, when stuff like that happens, you know, David Arquette winning the title, mm-hmm. Vince Russo wins the title, Vince McMahon entering the Royal Rumble. When shit like that happens, bro, that is so unexpected and so out of nowhere, bro, you do that because now it opens up that creative envelope into avenues that you weren't even thinking about. That's why you do it, bro, because it opens up the creative envelope. And now you can go down this road and that road and this road. Bro, people who don't write TV don't freaking understand that. They, they don't have a clue. And, and, you know, and if you hate me to begin with, Oh, Vince Russo put the, put, you know, won the WCW title to put himself over. I, I mean, really, bro? You, you think I give a shit? You, like, you, you, you honestly think I gave a shit about that? It, 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 it's comical, bro. It definitely was one of those things where it's like, I wonder what's going to happen next. So, you know, it, it kept, like I said, kept the storyline going, kept everything moving forward for sure. Yeah. Now, as yep. far as yourself, 2020, is this really going to be Vince Russo's last year in wrestling? I know you kind of hinted at it and kind of said it. And you know, you're going to be 60. Will this really be, or are you still, you're still going to be involved with wrestling? I, I got to tell you, John, I'm, I'm being so totally honest with you, bro. I, I, I fight through watching these shows. I, I hate these shows, bro. <laughs> there is zero appeal to me. I, I would not be watching this, these shows if it were not my job. Bro, I used to do watch-alongs on Twitch, okay, I, with Raw. I started with three hours. Bro, literally, if you go back and look at my Twitch streams, and I might as well just give you the address while I'm here, it's twitch.tv forward slash Vince Russo Live. John, if you go back and look at my Twitch stream, bro, I'm falling asleep during the show live on the air. I'm <laughs> sleeping. I'm sleeping. So, John, then I said to myself, oh, and, bro, keep in mind, I'm leaving money on the table. I'm leaving money on the table, you know, by not being on Twitch. 
So, bro, then I'm like, bro, you can't do I can't do this. I can't sit through this show for three hours. Bro, I cut it down to two hours. Then I was like, I can't sit through this show for two hours. I cut it down to an hour. Then, John, I'm realizing I can't do this show for an hour. I can't sit through this show for an hour. Bro, do you know what I do on Twitch now on Monday nights during the first hour of Raw? Karaoke. I do karaoke, bro, because I, I can't watch the show for an hour. So, so, so my, my point is, bro, it's painful for me to watch these shows. It's not enjoyable. I hate it. They suck. I, bro, I can't see me doing this as a 60-year-old man. It's like I look at that number 60, and I'm like, okay, bro, like enough already. Like, bro, I know this is my living. And I know this is my bread and butter. And I know I make good money from this. Bro, I, I, just, I can't see myself as a 60-year-old talking about this horrible crap. I, I just can't, bro. There are just so many more important things on life. Bro, when you turn 60, you start looking at the end. I, I mean, bro, after 60 is 70. You, you really don't know how long you have left. Bro, I don't want to be talking about wrestling. Like, I, I really, really don't. And, you know, bro, the, the hard thing for me is, the only thing for me is, you know, bro, I got, I got to make an income. You know, I, I, I know I still have to bring money in. I'm only 60 years old. But, my God, bro, like, I, I just, I, I don't want to waste another minute talking about something that is horrible. It, it, it is, it is, bro, it, it's, it's like going to a bad movie, and, like, every week you go back to watch the same movie. It, it's like, it, 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 it's, it's ludicrous, man. I, I, I don't enjoy it. it. It's not fun for me. So that's why I kind of put, you know, I kind of went out there far in advance. I mean, I'm going to be 59 in a couple of weeks, and, and I will commit to it for the next year. But, bro, when I'm 60, I, 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 unless there is some kind of drastic change, I cannot see myself doing this. Do you care about legacy and stuff like that at all, or that stuff doesn't even register with you? That stuff means shit to me, bro, because you know what my legacy is, John? Here's what my legacy is, and here's all I want my wife and my kids to know, and they know this, okay? My legacy is, bro, whenever I went to work, no matter what company I worked for, I did my absolute best. I will tell you right now, bro, anybody else in the history of the wrestling business that was in my position, nobody, nobody worked as hard as I did. Nobody put their heart and soul into it as hard as I did. Nobody gave their all the way I did. Whether it was WCW, bro, TNA, WWE, every single day when it was a work day, Regardless of what I was doing, I busted my ass. I bust my ass to this day. 
Now it happens to be on the brand. And all, all anybody has to do, bro, is look at what we're doing at Russo'sBrand.com, and you will see how I outwork everybody else in the podcasting business. Bro, that's my legacy. That's my legacy. Put up or shut up. Don't talk about it. Do it. I did it. I'm still doing it. I did it the right way, bro. I didn't do it through politics. I didn't through it through I didn't do it through backstabbing. I didn't do it through stepping on others. I didn't do it through putting myself over at the expense of others. I didn't do it by lying. I didn't do it by cheating. I did it by working my ass off. That's my legacy. I honestly, bro, I don't give a shit what anybody else says. You love my work, great. You hate my work, great. Did I do the best I absolutely could have done without a shadow of a doubt, bro? That's my legacy. Great stuff, as always, Vince. Uh, awesome interview here. Now, please give us plugs, um, obviously, the Russo brand, but everything else. I know you got Patreon, YouTube, Twitch. I mean, give us all your plugs. Yeah, guys, the, the two main platforms, like, like basically, like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a three-armed animal. I, I mean, that's how I like to describe it, and I got to keep my arms going all the time. And those three arms are Russo'sBrand.com. We got a podcast network on the Realm Network. We got a bunch of different shows on there. Like I said, that's where Shane is. Uh, you know, that's where, you know, Disco is, Big Vito, Lagrasso. You know, Goldilocks was the first interviewer at TNA. Um, you know, Ben Amin, Stevie Richards, castrating the marks. Uh, you know, I mean, we do all that stuff over there. Bro, for all that entertainment, it's less than a dollar a week. It's been that price forever. Then we started on Patreon. We've added new shows to Patreon. Like I said, I do a show with my son. It's the only father-son show that I know out there. I do a phenomenal AEW review show with uh, Just Incredible. Vic Venom uh, in full regalia is, uh, is on there because we're audio and video. Um, uh, you know, again, bro, that starts at 3 bucks, and that's patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC. Bro, I'm on Twitch all the time. That's where I get to correspond with the, with the subscribers and the listeners and the viewers one-on-one. I'm on there all the time. You just go to twitch.com forward slash Vince Russo Live. Those are, those are my three uh, primary platforms. Um, I, I'd love you guys to check it out. And like I said, bro, at the end of the day, you're going to get your money's worth. I, I, I guarantee you that. All right. Awesome, awesome stuff, as always, from Vince Russo. Vince, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for all the time you gave us as well. Thanks a lot, John. I, I really, really appreciate you having me, my friend. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.